Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. To try to have church without the Bible, <laughs> that'd be foolish. To uh, <clears throat> do discipleship without the Bible, uh, there's no way. But what about missions in the Bible? Uh, there is a divine connection. The other program that I have the privilege of co-hosting on AFR is Exploring the Word. And uh, we'd been doing Exploring the Word for three, about three years. I had been involved in it. And one day, someone shared with me that he'd noticed that on Exploring the Word, we would talk about missions. And how about on purpose doing a program once a month or twice a month that just was concentrated on missions? And so I took that to my boss, Jim Stanley, and he says, how about doing an exploring missions program in addition to exploring the word? And I said, that's a good idea. And I said, can I invite the guy that gave me the idea and ask him to be my co-host? And he said, sure. And that co-host is Nathan Harper. Nathan, thank you for letting the word of God penetrate your heart that the missions in the Bible are just connected, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Some have said that uh, you find missions all throughout the Bible, and that's true. The mission has a Bible, or the Bible has a mission. You could say it either way. Either way. And so we want to do that a little bit today is find a few verses kind of scattered throughout the Old Testament even that we might not be as familiar with and show how they relate to uh, missions. But really... God's global redemptive mission was on his heart and mind from the very beginning of Genesis. It wasn't an afterthought of Jesus, you know, a tagline at the end of Jesus' ministry right before he ascended into heaven. And he said, oh, yeah, guys, one more thing. Let me, let me give you this. Uh, we'll call it the Great Commission if you want to. And don't forget about, about this important part. No, it, it all led to that. Of course, the cross is central in the redemptive work of Jesus on the cross, resurrection. Making disciples of all nations is central to it all, and it's on God's heart. Yeah, when we, when we share this today, we want you to know that we're going to have an interview about memorizing God's Word, and it's so important. But when we were talking about it, we've talked about thy word have you hid in our heart that you may not sin against God, how important it is for discipleship, how important it is for the family. But we wanted to share with you the missions part of it. It was on God's heart in the very, very beginning. So, Nathan, lead us on this journey. Now, we're going to start in the New Testament and then go back, though, aren't we? Yeah, we'll try to do that. Yeah, let's do that. I, I love to connect the Old and New Testament because— Jesus did it. Yep. And so, man, I think to do what Jesus did would be pretty good on that area. Yep. So take us through this journey, man. All right. We're going to try anyway. In Luke chapter 24, this is after the resurrection of Jesus. And and you see uh, 
in the middle of chapter 24, a couple of guys walking back home from Jerusalem. They're kind of confused and not clear in their minds of how things connect with Jesus, and they're headed back to a village called Emmaus. And then they get a, uh, a, a stranger that joins them on their, on their walk. Of course, they don't know at first, but it is actually the risen Jesus. Now, let me jump in here. We were discussing the distance between Emmaus and Jerusalem, and they gave it to us in kilometers. So we had to have our producer, Devin, to translate that. And he said it's a little over seven miles. So, you know, lots of time to talk. And, well, what did they talk about on the way? Well, we have some of that recorded. But one of the things that says, this is in Luke chapter 24, verse 25. This is after they, quote, unquote, explained to Jesus what happened in Jerusalem. Like he didn't know, like he wasn't there. But then he said in verse 25, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then verse 27 says, Then beginning with Moses, of course we know what he's talking about. When he begins with Moses, he means the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So beginning with Moses and all the prophets. So when you say that Moses and all the prophets, you mean the entire Old Testament is what Jesus is referring to. He interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. In other words, you can find Jesus in every page of even the Old Testament, and he was pointing out these things. So he had time. He had the opportunity to walk through. In in the Hebrew Bible, it wouldn't have necessarily been Genesis through Malachi. It would have been Genesis through Chronicles, right? The way it's ordered was different. But he walked through the entire Old Testament with them, pointing out about himself and his work that he'd come to do. So. Interesting, he's talking about how the Messiah must suffer these things with the group of disciples, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. You skip further ahead into chapter 24, really to the end of the book of Luke. Now he's back with the 12, and he's discussing with them about things that have happened. And uh, guess what it says he did? Verse 44 He told them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Similar terminology there, right? Verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He also said to them, this is what is written. The Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead the third day and repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You see, Jesus, here's another way that Jesus is giving the Great Commission, what we call it. And he ties it in with what the Scriptures say about him. The Scriptures also, not only they proclaim Jesus on every page, they proclaim the mission of Jesus. So what you said earlier, uh, it didn't say, hey guys, it'd be a good idea. Yeah, it it wasn't an afterthought, a last minute, you know, addendum. Okay. Okay, we don't know exactly which scriptures that he used. Right, we don't. But we can go back and look at some of the scriptures that help us to know what he's referring to. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I think starting in Genesis. Yeah, so Genesis, one of the places is Genesis chapter 12. We could even go all the way to Genesis 1, but we we don't have, you know, we have a limited (laughs) amount of time here. We don't have, you know, what, seven miles to walk. 
uh, as we talk on this radio program. So, and they they were not speed walking and talking. Right. Yeah. Until it was a casual journey. Yeah. So Genesis chapter 12, this is uh, the call of Abraham is what we would say. Verses one through three, the Lord God, the Lord said to Abram, go out from your land, your relatives and your father's house to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All the people? All the people. Now, I've got a question to ask. In Greek and in Hebrew, all means all. It it means all. (laughs) I mean, you know. Everybody. God desires everybody to know him. And then the word uh, nations or peoples here that I read in, in Hebrew it's the word ger. And then in the New Testament, we see the word ethne. But the common way that it's translated for us in English is usually the word Gentiles. So in other words, this new family, this new nation, this new people that God was going to raise up through Abraham and his line, we know Isaac and Jacob were part of that, and then the 12 tribes. But that line, that people, were going to be a blessing to all the Gentiles, all the peoples of the earth. And God was choosing to use Abraham, one man, to start that with. Now, Nathan, that sounds like missions. Yeah, absolutely. So so Abraham was called not just to leave, but he called him to be on mission for God early on. Wow. And then a passage that you were bringing up in Psalm 119 about, uh, about the word being a light. Yes. Jesus said, you know, hey, you can go back to the books of Moses to find this mission. You could go to the Psalms even to find this mission. What was that, 119, 105? Yeah, 105. And it is a beautiful, it's one that I remember more in, uh, if you say, go to vacation Bible school and you say the pledge, you say to the pledge to the Bible. Right, yeah. This is right in it. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Okay. People are going to follow a light. Yeah. You're a light to the world. You're a light to the Gentiles. The light to the path. They're following you, the path to God. Yeah. When I, I just see God in that. I see missions in that. But there's another one that I spotted here in Psalm 119, verse 9. And, and it really, I, I never thought of it as missional until we were discussing it. How can a young man cleanse his way? Guess how? By taking heed according to your word. Hmm. Part of the mission is a young man or young woman finding their way, the righteousness of Christ, missional by taking heed to the word of God. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. So the word of God is active. So there seems to be a connection biblically with the concept of the word of God and light being a light, and how that maybe transforms our lives to also be a part of what God's doing for us, but also in the world, what God's doing among the Gentiles, among all the nations. So Isaiah, the prophet, we're going to the prophets now, would focus on this, this concept of light, specifically, as you mentioned, a light to the Gentiles. And here's just three Simple verses. Isaiah 42, verse 6 says, I, the Lord, have called unto you in righteousness, 
and have taken hold of your hand and submitted you as the people's covenant, as a light unto the nations. Isaiah 49.6 says, Yea, he saith, it is too light a thing for you to be my servant, to establish the tribes of Jacob, and to restore the scions of Israel. And I shall submit you as a light unto the nations, to be my salvation until the end of the earth. Now we know this specifically is talking about Jesus. And then Isaiah 60, verse 3, And unto your light nations shall walk, and kings unto the brightness of your rising. Wow. So Jesus is the light. He's the word of God. He's the light of the world. But in us, he can shine, not just for us to walk the path, but for the nations to be drawn unto Jesus. So maybe these are some concepts that Jesus might have shared with these two disciples on the way to Emmaus as he looked at the Old Testament, how it pointed to him. When we know the Gospels or the the Scriptures that point to Jesus also point us to be ambassadors of Jesus, shining his light in all the earth. And that's not talking about all the prophecies that Isaiah would give about a virgin being born. It's not talking about Micah, talking about old little town of Bethlehem. It's not referring to the Passover lamb. So when you look at these passages of Scripture of the Word of God and how powerful it is being a light, and then you look at the, can I say, the Old Testament stories mm-hmm. of concerning the types of Christ yeah. that represent Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean you make everything in the Bible. Uh, I hear people say it all the time. Okay, they caught 50 something fish. What does that number yeah, have? Yeah. It has to do with the number of fish they had. Now, some things are definitely, you know, Jesus Christ. And that's what he did. He took out of those and brought them to life for the two on the road to Emmaus. Yeah. So memorizing God's word, hiding God's word in your heart, meditating on God's word, not just it doesn't just feed your soul. It should make you a light and a lamp to those that are watching. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, we were created, Genesis 1. I said we weren't going to go there, but, you know, think about it. We were created in the image of God. That means we are created uh, as a reflection of who God is. And we were commanded to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. So the filling the earth, well, what are we filling the earth with? Well, more people, obviously, or more imagers of God, more reflections of God's glory is really what we were originally created for. We were to reflect God's glory in all corners of the earth. Now, obviously, we failed in that. Even Israel was called to that specifically through Abraham, but they failed in that. The one who did not fail, Jesus, he is the word of God. He is the light of the world. He is the perfect, exact representation, the image of God. And so we proclaim Jesus to the world, and that light will draw all those people's tribes, nations, tongues to himself. So when you memorize God's word, you're preparing yourself for missions, to be able to give an answer to those that are asking you about the path you're tried, you're traveling, and the light you're shining. Mm. Let God's word shine in your heart. Today, our guest on Exploring Missions is some people that 
I admire deeply and know a good bit about their ministry because of some connections I have with people who are participated in. It's the Bible Bees. Guys, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We're, we're glad to have you. And uh, Brian is here and Kevin and Hannah. Now, the one I'm the most impressed with is Hannah. <laughs> and uh, Hannah did the hard work, and these other guys encouraged her along the way. But we do appreciate it. If you don't know what Bible Bees might be, we want to let everyone know it's a great, great ministry. Brian, would you just give a synopsis of what Bible Bees is and then give a little history about it? Sure. Uh, thanks so much for having us. Um, we are... Uh Excited to be here with you, and and you know the National Bible Bee. Really, the the mission is to engage young people in scripture study and memorization. That's really what it's. That's at the core of it. And so, uh, we've created a competition, uh, which you know kids love competition, and it's a great way to incentivize them digging into scripture. And so, uh, we were founded back in two thousand and nine. We've been going now since strong since then, growing every year, and just watching God work in the hearts and lives of young people and families as they as they study scripture and in internalize that scripture. And so uh, we focus really on getting them the tools that they need to be able to study scripture effectively for themselves and mind the truth of God's word and then internalize it and then incentivize them further by putting some prize money out there in a competition system to just give them everything they need to hopefully dig deep into God's word. Well, that's a double reward. God's word is rewarding to hide it, hiding it in your heart. Yes, sir. I mean, that's a great reward and that's the eternal reward. That's right. But then you reward them for their excellence in doing that job. Yes, sir. And it's been around 2009? Since 2009, yes, okay, sir. Okay, so you're 11 years now. Yes, this sir. Will be, so that is fantastic. And it's growing? It's growing every year. Yeah, God's blessed. And we've been so honored that families that hear about it and want to participate. It's it's really a great tool for families to get into Scripture together. And so it's been a blessing to see those families and hear the testimonies of God's goodness in their life as they've explored Scripture, as they've studied it as a family with host groups, and all really throughout the country we've heard these great testimonies. And so it's just wonderful to witness what God's Word is, is how it's transforming families and lives. Okay, someone's listening and say, man, I am interested in this. How can they contact you guys? Yeah, so it's real easy. If you visit our website, uh, www.biblebee.org, you can learn all about the program. You can read about our history, read what our program has to offer. You can get involved, and there's lots of different options for you. But that first step is, a, is an eight-week summer study program. We'll walk you through a book or a passage of Scripture and uh, just give these students the opportunity and the tools they need to study God's Word deeply. And uh, so that's a great way to do it. One more question. Memorization. Do you have? Do they have a choice of versions, or do y'all have the one that they memorize from? Yeah. So one of the things we try to do is appeal to as many people as we as we possibly can within that competition format. So we have five versions available. We have Good. ESV, NIV, NASB, King James, and New King James okay. available, and they can choose from those. Well, you can look at me and know I memorize King James. <laughs> I, you know, the others were around, but you know, uh, and uh, so when I started preaching. And new versions came out. There was this contradictory in my mind. <laughs> Scriptures I'd memorized and what I was reading was two different things. Right. And uh, so the new King James came along for me, and there wasn't that much difference. So sure. I, that's great. Okay, now we're going to go to someone who, uh, who heard about it and decided that it would be good for family members to participate. Kevin, uh, how would you hear about Bible B? 
Well, it's interesting. My daughter is actually the one that found oh, out about it first. And she told but, you about it. And she told me about it, but she was reading the World Magazine. And, okay. uh, and through that, there was an advertisement for National Bible Bees. So she came and said, hey, Dad, do you think we could do this? We had already been doing the spelling bee and the geography bee. And, and uh, I was like, sure, what, what greater thing to study than God's Word and, and a little competition to encourage that. And so uh, we were able to find a host group that first year, and, and uh, the Lord allowed us to get started in it. It was great. It's been a great experience ever since. Now, okay, uh, I admire large families. Being the youngest of nine, when I find someone that's got more than I do, I really love <laughs> And you're the father of ten. Ten, ten, ten children. children. Ten any blessings. Of, any of them twins? No twins. Oh, wow. Well, I, my mother had one advantage. She had one set of twins, so she didn't cry. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, so you uh, we're going to talk to Hannah in a moment, your oldest child, and she's the one that is here today. Do the other children participate in Bible, the National Bible Bees contest? They do if they're old enough or if they haven't already aged out. Uh, oh, okay. So it's, it's been a family adventure. Our children range from the age of 2 to 22 right now. So okay. the Bible Bee itself is for from 5 to 18. And so some are beyond that and some are not quite there yet. But okay. those that are have enjoyed the, the process of uh, participating and uh, competing. But whether even they, they do well in the competition or not, We've seen it as a great value for our family and for uh, discipleship yeah. uh, within our family. It's just in uh, the experience as, a, as from a father's perspective of meeting other families and being part of a host group. And uh, actually, we lead a host group now, but it's, uh, you know, you're, you're encouraging with others. And uh, then to have those relationships, not only for parents, with other parents, but also with uh your children and, and friends that they develop that have a similar heart and passion for knowing God's Word. Well, you're taking something of a discipleship and, and making it, I'm, I'm just going to use the word, fun. Yeah. It, isn't that neat? Uh, yeah. I tell folks that's what I do all the time. I, I preach and I teach and I do this, and I said, it's neat when you are having fun doing what you know God wants you to do. And so that is such a blessing. We appreciate that. Well, Hannah, Praise let's God. get to the lady who did the work. <laughs> how, how old were you when you first started in, in the Bible Bee contest? Yeah, so I was 12 years old um, when we first heard about it back in 2009, the first year uh, that... Uh, so you, you guys were there the inaugural the year. The very first year, yeah. Wow. Yep, and um, so I participated from the time I was 12 to the time I was 17. As a middle schooler and high schooler, I can't think of a better way to have spent the days of my youth than in digging into the scriptures and getting grounded, having that foundation. I still obviously don't have life figured out. I'm 22 now, but... Oh, I, I had life figured out yeah. when I was 22, <laughs> and, and then I awoke. <laughs> Found out I didn't know near as much as I thought I did. So but, you're ahead of me. You already uh, figured out you don't know yours. But I, I have the confidence, be, not because of what I know, but because I know the one who does know. Amen. And um, that the scripture and the truth from God's word is just uh, an incredible foundation and gives you that confidence um, to have to you know move step by step forward as you launch into life. Well, I've got to ask you this. Do those verses stay with you? Yeah, many of them do, yes. They do. Um, now, I memorized, I, I just want to, I was a part of what is called the Bible Memory Association, and cool. it was before that, yeah. And it was rewarded by a week at camp, a free week of mm -hmm. camp, and you'd mm -hmm. go for a week. 
And during that period of time, not as much as you guys, but we would memorize right at 200 verses a year. Wow. And I did that five years in a row. Mm-hmm. And even today, they, they stay, many of them stay with mm-hmm. me. But when I come across them, I say, that's my verse. That, you know, you yeah. claim them, don't yep. you? I mean, absolutely. they become a part of you. Yep. Yes, yes, absolutely. I um, through, mem- through the Bible Bee, I you know started when I was 12 and through 17 and during the off season um, because it you know it's a summer study and then the national competitions during the fall but then you know you had the winter and spring to kind of like be like, okay what are you gonna do so I would take the books that we had studied through the the Bible be and then memorize them so um, through my middle school and high school years I memorized 10 books of the Bible and have you know memorized a few since then and I can't quote them all perfectly now I can't right. just you know rattle yeah. them off but they're mine they're yours and I love I love the fact that I can, um, you know, the book of Ephesians, I kind of have it all outlined and just being able to have that treasure and a resource available to me is just, it's incredible. I'll give you an encouraging word. 50 years after having memorized some of those verses, they're still mine. Mm. They're still Mm. mine. I'll come across a Proverbs or a Psalm or something, New Testament, it's a verse that I memorized and it was one that really shaped my life. Mm. Well, I want you to encourage those who are listening, the parents and the children, why they should be a part of this great, great ministry. They should be a part of this ministry, not because of the ministry, but because of the source that, you know, and the, the resources that we're studying the Bible. And it's getting kids into the scriptures. It's getting families into the scriptures. And it's a fun way to do it. It's a extremely motivating. And for me, I was a competitive kid. I love the competition aspect. I love the friends that I was able to meet through the competition. I love the way that um, I was able to quiz with my dad and my siblings and just the family bonds it created. But now that I'm past the competition and I look back on those years and I'm just so, so, I can't think of a better way to have spent my time. There's so many different things for young people to spend their time doing, you know, academics, sports, extracurricular activities, friendships, relationships, all those different things. They're good things. There's nothing wrong with those things, but none of those things compare to the word of God. And, um, you never will regret any time you spend into the scriptures. Are we wanting the better thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly. it, isn't it? Yeah. It is the better thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being with us. And and Brian, I want to come back to you and uh, share people how they can get involved and how they can get in touch if if they're ready to do it. They're hearing this. Some people are on their way from church. This plays on Sundays many places. And they're hearing this, and they've just gotten through with Sunday school and worship. And they're hearing this, and they're saying, wow, this would be a real encouragement for my my life and my children my family. How can they get in touch? Yeah, well, we'd love to partner with you in, in instilling the, the Word of God in your young people's lives. And that's really what we're about. We're about knowing God and making Him known. That's what our whole... If you boil us down, that's what we're about. And so if you'd like to be involved, you're interested in learning more, you can visit BibleBee.org, read about our story, see what the program has to offer. You can even look at some of the sample curriculum that we produce every year. You can kind of just feel it out. It's great for the entire family, whether they're five all the way up to 18. We have lots of parents that jump in and, and do the senior version with them just because they just love digging in together. And so, Is the senior version a little bit simplified? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 well, that was a personal question. Yeah. <laughs> well, we definitely have lots of testimonies that, that parents really enjoy and feel like they're learning a lot as they go through that yeah. oldest uh, group of the Senior Discovery Journal. So we'd love to have families involved. They can check us out at BibleBee.org. 
Thank you for being with us, Brian, Kevin, Hannah, and it's a joy to have you. And we want to thank you for listening to Exploring Missions, and we pray that you would be on mission for God. And I just want to tell you, that mission is completed through the scriptures that are all about Jesus. Hope you have a grand, grand weekend.